Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Because We Went to Therapy podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Ashley. And today we're going to be talking about body image. This is something that we've definitely touched on in episodes here and there, but we're going to dedicate the full hour today to talking about body image. This is something that I am very passionate about. I'm a eating disorder and body image therapist. I've done a lot of my own work around body image. And so, yeah, I feel like today we're just going to dive into our own journeys, some of talking about the history of um, where like body image struggles for women, particularly where they come from and how we can shift away from focus on our bodies and shift focus to living our lives. But first, I wanted to share a story. Last week, our episode was on everything bride related and you know, navigating wedding planning and all of that. And so if you haven't listened to that, definitely check it out. But I talked about how I had made a declaration when I became engaged to not let body image be some be the main focal point of my wedding planning journey or just anything really to do with it. And I, I, Oh, I'll get into this more later, but I spend so much of my life trying to make myself smaller in order to avoid my feelings about what happened to me when I was a child. And however, it didn't do that. I mean, it did, but it also just made me lose so much of my life. Like I don't remember things because I was so focused on becoming smaller. And so that's why I really wanted to make my wedding planning and everything about it from my engagement pictures to picking out my dress to everything not about my body. And it's kind of cool because this came to fruition. This The situation's not cool, but it came to fruition when I actually went to go pick up my wedding dress like it was ready and it didn't zip. And so I feel like you hear that and you're like, oh crap, that probably sucked. And it did, but I wasn't beating myself up in that moment. Like when they were trying to zip it up, I wasn't beating myself up. And next thing I know, she comes over the, what are they called? Like bridal? Like a assist- bride, like a stylist? Yeah, sorry. The stylist comes over and she was like, I am so sorry, but we ordered the dress in the wrong size. And I was like, uh what like what do you mean you ordered the dress in the wrong size like you took my exact measurements and she was like i'm so sorry we actually ordered a size too small and that's why it didn't fit and i was like oh like i i I was relieved but i was also like proud of myself because even before i knew that i was not beating myself up being like oh gosh like you must have gained weight what's wrong with you you're disgusting how could you let this happen like none of those thoughts that like i typically used to have around my body came up for me and i was i was pretty calm actually throughout the whole thing i was like okay like if it doesn't zip like we'll figure it out that was sort of my mindset it wasn't like you're gonna have to go on a diet now like none of those thoughts came to mind and that for me was a really cool moment because not that I never struggle with body image now, but it's not something that the first, it's not the first thing that comes to my mind. And so I wanted to share that because body image work can be painfully hard. Like you have to go against basically all of society's messaging when you're trying to come to terms with your body or make peace with your body. And so it can be difficult. However, like you can have a life without the focus being entirely on your body or becoming smaller, whatever it is that, you know, you think you want for your body. Um, And so I just want to share that story first before we jump into everything else. 
Yeah, I'm so proud of you for not, you know, internalizing, like, why doesn't this wedding dress fit when literally they probably just keyed in the wrong size when they sent it off to the vendor to order. So I definitely can understand that would be, especially because, like, wedding dresses can take so long to come in, especially with, like, supply chain issues and all the stuff going on. It's like, who knows how long it could take, but I definitely, I want to talk a little bit about the difference between body positivity and body neutrality. Body neutrality is actually a term that I only heard for the first time a couple weeks ago. I had never heard it before. Yeah. So can we talk about the differences a little bit? Absolutely. I love body neutrality. That's that's actually what I practice with myself and then what I try to encourage my clients to practice. Um, so body positivity was a movement. I mean, I don't exactly remember when it came to be, but it was a movement to basically have, you know, women in particular, but all people to feel, to feel better about their bodies, right? To feel good. It was all about like, you know, not just seeing the size zero or size two models in the fashion industry or on TV. It was more like, no, we like want to see normal bodies. We want to see plus size bodies. We want to see bodies of all size being represented. And so the body positivity movement, don't get me wrong. I think the intentions were right. However, when I learned about body neutrality, I was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense because Basically, what body neutrality is, is you don't have to love your body. You don't have to hate your body. Your body can just be a part of your life, but it doesn't have to be the main focus of your life. And it also says that you don't have to think about your body 24-7. You don't have to have a perfect body in order just to live your life. Like body neutrality, a lot of it is this kind of what I was saying in the beginning is take the focus away from your body and take the focus on living because you're not going to. It is the reason that I don't think body positivity is, and if it works for you, great. Like I'd rather have women love their bodies and hate their bodies. But I think how are we supposed to take, let's just, for me, I started my body image eating disorder recovery at 22, 20-ish, 22. How am I supposed to have 22 years of hating my body and then turn around and start to love it? Like that's just, it's too hard for me, right? Like to be positive of my body was too hard for me. So when body neutrality was introduced, I was like, Actually, I think I can get I can get behind this. Like, yes, I still like had the resistance to it, but our brains, like black we talk a lot about black and white thinking. If you think about it, hating versus loving, that is black and white thinking. So if we can shift away to neutrality, gray area, your brain can be like, Okay, like that it's a little bit easier than being like, You need to love your body. No, you don't need to love your body. You just need to not focus on it twenty four seven and also realize that it's not the most important thing about you and you just don't have to hate it. Mm-hmm. And that was a long kind of... <laughs> oh no you're good that was a really good explanation and it reminds me once you started talking about it about our episode about toxic positivity because essentially it can turn into like toxic body positivity with oh you're supposed to love your stomach and your thighs and your butt and your legs and your arms and every single thing and that's something I've always really struggled with because I'm like okay well even if I'm not hating that part of my body I'm not loving it so it just makes me think okay I don't love it so I'm automatically in a more negative headspace and right do you know who uh Remy Bader is yeah she was the first person I heard talk about body neutrality she was doing an interview and I can't remember the exact context but she was talking about how 
somebody was commenting on her Instagram, like, oh, you're not being body positive right now. She's like, I never claimed to be like a body positive icon. I'm just, I don't love every part of my body. I'm just, a, you know, trying to practice body neutrality. And I understand like, I'm not always going to love every part of myself, but I'm not advocating for that, mm-hmm. which I think is something that when I was on social media, I saw a lot of like two or three years ago was body positivity and the movement towards showing off more like not the typical model bodies that you would see like the Kardashians or something, for example, Yeah. in showing that on social media, which like we were saying can be great, but it's also, it didn't always necessarily make me feel better about how I looked at the same time. And that's something I really struggle with too, especially being a fitness instructor and feeling like, Oh, do I look like somebody that works out all the time? If you, if a random person were to see me at the gym, would they think that, Oh yeah, she probably works here. Or like, she looks like she works out enough. Or do I, you know, have that like authority. And that's the hard part about, working in fitness is to mm-hmm. a degree your body kind of is I don't want to say your marketing but think about like if you're a trainer I've literally had people tell me yeah I go to the trainer that I do because they have the physique physique that I want and in a way that makes sense because it's like obviously they attained it for themselves so they can help you get there as well but it just adds that layer of oh, I'm feeling not great today. Like I can't, I'm just not feeling as confident going up there and being like this fitness professional. So that's definitely something I've struggled with too. Yeah. And that, you know, that makes a lot of sense that you do struggle with it because the fitness industry is definitely one where body positivity doesn't even exist, right? Let alone body neutrality. And if we want to start working on a relationship with our bodies, we have to understand that this has been years, years of telling women, and I guess men too, to look a certain way, right? And that that that's healthy, right? So if you're tiny or very small, right, but you might have a terrible relationship with food, but if you're small, then you're healthy. And it's like, no, like that's not the case. Like you're not going to be healthy if you're restricting yourself, right? Or if you're purging, like those aren't going to be behave or over-exercising, like any of those behaviors, you might have the body that people, even doctors, unfortunately, say are healthy, but that doesn't always mean that you are. And most of the time, if you're starving yourself, not most of the time, anytime you're starving yourself to look a certain way, or or you're over-exercising, or you're taking freaking diet pills or whatever it is, like that's not, you're not, your body's not going to be healthy. And so we have to like peel back years and years. I mean, I know Bridgerton is fictional, but think about how like that's freaking 1800s and think about all the um, toxic messaging around bodies that exist in that show. And the corsets and and, like sucking it in and all that stuff. Exactly. Right. And how like they – they just emphasize like, oh, like the diamonds always like the really small woman, right? And – I think when I first understood that um, being thin came from the patriarchy, that's when I was like, mm, all right. Like I remember my, 
my therapist is a male and he was telling me about that. He's like, you do realize like as a feminist, hating your body is exactly what they want you to do because if we focus on our bodies, it's a lot easier not to focus on other things, right? Especially like back in the day when like before women could even go to school or things like that. I think when um, we women had more opportunities in the world, I think men got scared that like, oh shit, like now they're going to be smarter than us or things like that. And so they, the messaging just like, I mean, think about like the 90s, right? Like in how terrible most of our moms have relationships with body and food is because the messaging was like it was like super pumped into every single magazine every single television show like every it was everywhere and so like of course women are going to struggle with their body image and you have to understand that so much of that comes from the patriarchy Mm -hmm. and that stuff that our parents are learning or our grandparents are learning is just going to be passed down to us and absolutely in different messaging or different forms, but that's something I've really struggled with too, taking it back to how you're talking about over-exercising or under-eating. That's something I'm still working through right now. And I'm actually working with a registered intuitive eating dietitian, Brittany, in one of our, she was like our first interview way back a couple months ago. So definitely go listen to that episode if you haven't, but I've been working with her for a couple months now and I realized that it wasn't even something I was intentionally doing, but I was way, way under eating for my activity level. There was nights when I was teaching cycle where I would like, like very nearly black out on the bike and get super dizzy and feel like I was going to get sick. And like I had to stop because I was way under eating Mm. and I was just not eating the right things. I didn't understand nutrition or macros or any of that at all and I wasn't eating I would never eat breakfast I would have like a small lunch and then I would have a decent sized dinner but I I mean I was probably having like a thousand calories a day max and I was way over exercising for that level of you know, calorie consumption that I was having. Mm -hmm. And it was causing so many issues with my body. It was causing issues with my mental health, obviously. My physical health, when it came to exercising, I was at the gym all the time, but I never had any energy. I wasn't seeing any changes in my body. In fact, I felt like I was actually holding on more to fat in certain places, which made me self-conscious because I'm like, okay, I'm working out way more than I ever have in my entire life. And I'm not, I was, you know, actually right. I haven't weighed myself in a little while, but last time I did like a couple weeks ago, I was pretty much at like the highest weight I've ever been, but I'm like, my body composition is so different than last time I weighed that a couple years ago because so much more of it is muscle. So I was really surprised to see that number on the scale and I honestly got a little bit discouraged and this was before I started working with Brittany. So I was like, there's literally nothing else I can do. Like I cannot be any more active physically than I am right now. So I guess I'm just going to look like this and hate my body. But once I started working with her and changing my diet and eating a lot more and eating a lot more carbs and fats and all these things that I've always been told I shouldn't eat and are so bad for me. Mm -hmm. 
I haven't weighed myself, but I feel like I've leaned out a ton. And like people have said that to me, even in just a couple of weeks, they're like, you, your body, you know, even looks kind of like more snatched in a way. And I'm like, yeah, it's crazy. I don't, I'm eating way more. I'm actually probably working out a little bit less or the same, if not before, but I think it's just because I was almost in starvation mode all the time. So my body was literally holding on to that fat to survive. And then once I started eating more, my body was like, okay, I can start burning this weight off. And I'm still in that journey of trying to be okay with certain parts of my body. And especially like my stomach and hips area. Cause I don't know, that's just something that I've always been like curvier and a little bit wider and it's always been hard for me to accept that. And I think that's because when I was a child, I was always like really tall and skinny and just like a stick basically. Then once I hit puberty, I started getting more curves and especially like after high school and college. And for a long time, like the nineties and early two thousands, it was all about being stick skinny like as skinny as possible. That was like the thing, you know, Kate Moss was like the big thing in the early 2000s and like that type of body. And that's just not what I had. And then now it's changed in pop culture a little bit. It's more like the Kardashians type but body. So I'm like, I also don't look like that. And it shouldn't <laughs> matter like what celebrities' bodies look like because we don't need to look like celebrities. They don't even look like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So it like it actually like, you know, without surgery and without ex extensive trainings and diets. Right. Like they don't actually look like that either. And so it shouldn't matter what they look like. And it's hard because that's the messaging that we received. And Ashley, you say you were doing that unconsciously and that's how powerful that messaging is. And so if we and this is why I'm a body image and eating disorder therapist is because if we don't address our relationship with food and our bodies, it will be passed down. Like the problem is that like a lot of, I, I, my mom never commented on my body and I was an overweight child, right? And so I never got comments from my mom or my dad about my body, but my mom made comments about her body, right? And so it doesn't matter even if you never criticize your kids' bodies, but if you're criticizing yours and if you you don't like your body, your, ch your child's going to internalize that and see, and it's not even about like children. Cause some people don't want to have children, but like, if you have friends or family members who talk about hating their bodies, then you look at yours and it doesn't look like that, or it looks different. You're going to internalize them and be like, Hey, what's wrong with mine? Right. And that's mm -hmm. why body neutrality is so important to me is because I don't want the focus to be on my body because I want the focus to be on so much more, so much more that my life can be um, and it doesn't have to be about the size of my body and I also won't have to talk about it with other people which continues diet culture right like if we continue to talk about it as if it's the end-all be-all to be a certain size then we're just perpetuating diet culture we're perpetuating hating our bodies and so it's really important if we can address those relationships for ourselves but then for everyone else around us that has ears and can hear what we're yeah. saying Mm -hmm, absolutely. And this reminded me of, I feel like it's even been 
more exasperated. Obviously, like you were saying, celebrities don't even look like that in real life. Like they Photoshop everything or they get procedures or they have special trainers and chefs and like everything to kind of optimize what they physically look like. But in college, we had, what was it, like, Perfect 365, where you could, like, face tune your face and, mm. you know, your body and smooth things out or make your waist smaller or whatever. So it's definitely something that, you know, just everyday people do as well. And hopefully it's not as prevalent as it was a couple years ago. But I remember when we were in college, like, I would do that and people... I mean, I feel like almost everybody did. It was just common. I did, it was for just sure. normal. Yeah. You're like smoothing oh, yeah, I out definitely... your skin and your, yeah. you know, your lines and all that good stuff. And it's like, we don't look like that in real life. And people know. <laughs> we're, we're editing out our humanness. Like, I don't think people understand that. Like, when we we edit out our fine lines or we smooth our thighs, like, we're editing out our humanness. And that's just, like – perfectionism is already such a problem in society and so if we then say you have to look perfect like that's it's just gonna be one it's impossible because there is no such thing as perfect skin or perfect bodies or whatever you know those other shit messages are and so I I I do think that there's now like a more movement towards like just post your natural face post your natural body like post whatever it is that you want because it shouldn't matter that you have you don't have a thigh gap. Like, I feel like that was a huge thing. And I don't have, like, I never have, even when I was. Does anybody have a thigh gap? Some, I feel like some people's bodies naturally do. And, but it's, again, that's where genetics, genetics come in, genetics come into play. But like, I have, I also am curvier. Like everyone in my family is curvy too. Like, that's just how our body, like I have a big butt, right? So it's just like, I'm not going to have a thigh gap because I have a big butt and that's okay. But I remember like, that was something I I had like pictures on my phone uh, for like, um what's the word uh like a mood board yeah kind of like a mood or like motivation right to like oh I'm gonna I want to look like her I'm gonna get this thigh gap bitch no you're not because your body doesn't work like that and (laughs) even like I said even when I was at my lowest weight in my eating disorder I didn't have one because that's just not how my body composition works and you know what that's okay because body neutrality doesn't say you have to love your body if you have to have a thigh gap to love your body body neutrality just says you can be okay with your body at any size and any, it doesn't mean you can't strive to be healthy. It just says, why don't you do that in a way that doesn't hurt your body? Cause that's the thing, right? Ash, like you, when you were passing on the bike, that was hurting your body. And when I was starving mm-hmm. myself and using la- abusing laxatives, I was hurting my body. Like my, the, um, digestive system was all out of whack like you were saying you were holding on to weight in different areas because that's what your body's going to do because when you do those things it's going against your body's natural way of being like your body's job right is to keep us healthy and keep us alive and so when you're starving yourself or over if you're binge eating right because you're restricting or if you're you know purging or using laxatives like or over exercising like you're doing things that go against your body's natural way of being which is going to make it harder for you to look the way that you know in quotes look the way that you want to look and i think that's what a lot of people don't understand Mm -hmm. that's so true and i really noticed physically not just how I was looking in terms of my physique, but how much my diet was changing and like hormonally, 
my period extended like by almost a week and it stayed that way. So I just realized by under eating and over exercising how much I was probably hurting like my reproductive system and my hormones, because I mean, it, to me, it was insane that my period like added another seven days or something to the cycle, which when I talked to Brittany about it, she's like, that's very common once people get their metabolism to start working like it should, and you're actually eating more and fueling Mm -hmm. your body, it'll kind of go back to that, like homeostasis neutral point where it's supposed to be. And another thing that I've really noticed once I started going to the gym and prioritizing fitness a lot more was like I'll get on Pinterest, for example, and I'll see these girls, like my algorithm is a lot of like working out type stuff. And I'll see these like TikTok videos on Pinterest of girls doing their workout routine. And I'm like, these girls are so ripped. They're so lean. How do they look like that? And then I remind myself, I'm like, one, they're like 18 years old, which <laughs> is fine. But when I was 18, like I was able to kind of, I mean, it's just, it was a little bit easier to like lean yeah. out and look that way and then also like I go out in public or to my gym or to the mall or the grocery store or whatever and I never see people that have like crazy insane physiques like that so so much of a common it's a combination of genetics and then also like maybe editing I'm not trying to discredit what they have worked for by any means but it's just a lot less common kind of in the wild when you go in public than it is in real life and on social media like it's so curated and it makes it seem like all these women have like insane incredible built bodies and then you go out in real life and it's like I don't go to the gym and just like stare at other people that look like right right and we even need to be careful when we talk about like these bodies on these quote unquote ideal bodies because saying things like they have incredible bodies or like crazy really you know um tight right or things like that and I'm you know I'm not um calling you out Ashley at all I'm just saying that like when the language that we use to talk about like good versus bad bodies unhealthy versus healthy or like very fit versus unfit like that's the kind of language that continues to perpetuate the thoughts in our mind that we need our bodies need to look a certain way in order to be good in order to be accepted by society in order to x y and z and so that's another piece of body neutrality is the language that we use to talk about bodies being good versus bad or you know small versus big things like that can be damaging to ourselves right because then we're perpetuating that like okay well if i want to have a good body i must do x y and z and you're right like these things most don't exist in the real world and so we have to edit our social media that's another piece of it and we kind of talked about this in our episode with Brittany. um one understanding like the the language we use to describe bodies is impactful and so if we can learn to shift that and two editing out our social medias like I don't follow accounts where I see that and feel bad feel have to feel bad about myself I unfollow them or if I get like an ad god I get so many fucking noom um uh ads on social media and every time I'm just like not interested in this ad like I take the two seconds to say not interested in this ad because it stops giving me content like that and so if you're like well it's the algorithm 
the people you follow, like I follow a lot of people now who are more towards body neutrality, or I follow a lot of fat creators. And so they, that's the kind of, then my algorithm goes to that rather than going to Mm -hmm. the, um, the model body type. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And that was very true. I need to figure out like some better language around, you know, saying like the ideal, I'm using air quotes, ideal body, Mm -hmm. because like you said, there is no quote ideal body. And at the end of the day, like the ideal body is just whatever you have, like as long as it's functioning and working and you're getting in some movement every day and you're nourishing your body, like you're doing your job and it's doing its job. So that Mm -hmm. should hopefully be enough. Mm-hmm. Right. Nourishing your body to the what makes sense for your body. Right. And that can take some time to figure out, which is why working with a dietitian um, or professional can be so helpful. And then, you know, moving your body in a way that feels good for you. Like it doesn't have to be any of these crazy, insane workouts, right? Just doing something that feels good for you. Um, and I feel like, Ashley, you can speak more on that as a fitness instructor. But it is it is important to find movement that feels good for you because if you're doing movement in order to lose weight or to only right to lose weight or to look a certain way, your like your relationship with exercise is not going to be a healthy one because it's only geared towards looking a certain way rather than all the other incredible benefits that we can get from moving our bodies that don't have to have anything to do with losing weight or you know trying to do X Y and Z and again if you're listening and you're on that journey to lose weight or to look a certain way. Like we're not trying to shame you at all. What we're doing is just trying to encourage you to think about the intentions behind why you eat certain foods or why you do certain workouts. Is my intention to keep myself in diet culture or is it to move away from it and heal the relationship I have with food in my body so that you can coexist with your body rather than fighting with your body. Like that's a huge thing for me as I tried to coexist with my body. I realized that my body's done a lot for me and my body's been through a lot. Like being sexually abused, I've been through so much. And so why would I want to continue to engage in behaviors that hurt my body? And that was something that was when I was in recovery, that was really big for me is realizing that I was hurt as a child and now I'm the one doing that. And that can be a really, really hard thing to come to terms with. And so I have so much compassion if like you're listening to that and you're like, no, I can't, like I can't, right? And that's okay. But for me, it was huge to to recognize that. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my favorite things, taking it back just a couple steps to what you your initial point was about being a fitness instructor is mm-hmm just helping people find like the fun in the workout. You know, I always tell people every class, I'm like, you can adjust your gear wherever you want to. I always say, I'm just making suggestions by saying, turn it up down one or two or whatever it is. Try to hit these RPMs. Like that's just a suggestion. Yeah. If you need, if you want to go more or less, I will never, ever know. Nobody else in the class will ever know because we can't see your bike, we can't see your stats. So yeah, it's literally just like you against the bike. You can go as hard as you want, as easy as you want, do whatever feels good to you. I'm like, take breaks whenever you need them. Join us when you can. I'm constantly reminding people to drink water, like 
take the rest of the evening off after class and not do any more intense activity if they don't want to. But, you know, with my workout journey, I straight up, I don't do workouts I don't like. Like, I do Mm -hmm. cycle because I find it really fun. I really like the music aspect of it. To me, that's like the best part of it because it takes me out of the workout and more into just kind of like this fun headspace. And I also lift a couple times a week because that's the other thing that I like to do to help with my strength training. So cycles Mm -hmm. more of my cardio and then the weights is my strength and endurance training. But I've taken classes that I straight up didn't like. And I'm like, I will not do this again because it's not fun to me. But other people absolutely love it. Like there's people at my gym that love Zumba or Pilates or yoga. And I'm like, (laughs) do whatever you want to do. Like as long as you're moving, that's all that really matters. Like I don't care if you like cycle or not. If you don't like it, then please don't feel obligated to come because that's okay. It's not going to be everybody's jam, but like I'll help you find something else that you like to do i'll recommend a trainer to you i'll recommend different classes to you like please do not feel obligated just because this is what i like so that's probably my biggest suggestion to people like just figuring out what they want to do in terms of fitness like try out different things like orange theory or cycle bar or different complimentary classes at a gym because just because something wasn't up your alley like there's so many different modes of fitness. You'll probably be able to find something that seems, you know, fun to you and kind of helps you get your body moving. And then also a great part of group fitness is seeing just all the different people there and like the different body types, Mm -hmm. different genders, different ages. And you're like, dang, if all these different types of people can get into this, I probably can as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If it's for me. And that, that's so awesome, Ashley, that you encourage that um, in your classes and then just overall. Because, yeah, like I remember listening to Brene Brown one time and she was like, I bought an entire room full of fitness equipment. And the only thing I use is the treadmill because I only like to walk. And she's, she just spent like 10 grand on all this equipment and she realized she hated everything. So now she just walks. And that's like, that's good enough for her. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think, yeah, finding what works for you and then getting to enjoy, right? Like movement releases endorphins, right? Which is like the happy hormones. And so if you can enjoy it and like actually get more benefit from those endorphins, that's, that's what it's all about. Right. And I think that's another huge part about body neutrality. And I know I've, you know, talked about this a few times already, but like being able to have your life be focused on something other than your body. Like I, I was telling a client a couple weeks ago who's really struggling, like, I just feel like we are missing out on so much of our lives when we are so focused on being smaller, right? Or being, having a six pack, like whatever it is. Like, I know that was true for me. Like I, when I first moved to Arizona, like my eating disorder got really bad. It's also part of like the toxic culture of Scottsdale. It's, it's very like centered on what you look like, unfortunately. And so my eating disorder got deeper. And like, I, I don't remember those years well, because they were all about focusing on being smaller. And I did, I got really small, right. And you know what, 
I didn't feel any better, right? I still hated yeah. myself. And so it's another thing, like we know that being small doesn't equate to feeling better because eating disorders are the deadliest mental illness. Like people die every day from anorexia because it's never good enough, right? And so that's another reason why body neutrality is so helpful is because it doesn't say you have to love your body in order to be happy. It just says you can live your life without worrying about how small you are, what size pants you are, and just live, right? Like you can mm-hmm. literally just live a life that doesn't have anything to do with what you look like or what size pants you wear. And sure, like it, it doesn't mean that I don't like to like dress up and wear cute clothes and do things like that. It just means it's not the focus of my life anymore because it took so, so much from me. And I just, I don't want it to anymore. And so I have to actively choose that every day. Like when I try on clothes that don't fit, I have to actively choose to not make this about me and make it about the clothes, right? And the whole industry around clothing. And so being able to actively choose to show up for myself every day, despite what my body looks like is what's really helped me in my you know body neutrality journey. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't even get me started on the clothes industry. I know you and I talk <laughs> about this all the time because I'll text you. I'm like, I'm going jean shopping, like wonder how depressing this is going to be because it's so hard to find clothes that fit us all properly. And it makes sense when you think about it, like each one of us has a different body. We're a different height. We carry our fat in different places. We have different body compositions. So of course, we're not all going to fit in the same size logically but we're all forced to go to these you know handful of stores and try to fit into like the same size of jeans or whatever and i remember going to nordstrom a couple months ago and i could not find any jeans in my size i'm like a 10 12 depending on the brand and i'm like how does Nordstrom not carry any jeans above like an eight or a 10 or at least on that day? I'm like, this is insane. I'm like, yeah. How is anybody supposed to get clothes? Like, I feel like I'm a very typical kind of normal size, like right straight in the middle, size. I would say. Straight size right. is what they call it. Like to be in like the zero to 16, I think I could be wrong on that range, mm-hmm. but like it's called straight size. Like you don't have to shop in like plus size sections, but even then it's making you feel like you do if you can't find 10 to 12. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. I'm just saying that like it's, the yeah. stores don't even take that into account that those are like the straight sizes and it can still be hard to find clothes in those sizes. Right. And some stores consider anything above like a 10 or 12 a plus size. And I'm like, wait, so I'm plus size now? And not that there's anything at all wrong with being plus size. It's just the whole branding around it. And it's like, it's a language. Wait a second. Right. Right. Exactly. Like the connotation. Like the average size of the American woman, I think, is like 14 or 16. And so the average size is plus size. How does that make any sense like who decided on this that's what i'm saying ashley the patriarchy because we they benefit from us hating themselves like there's this really cool statistic i don't know if i shared it on this podcast for it's a it's another Brene brown story or statistic but she realized when she was doing her work that if every woman woke up tomorrow and decided that they were fine with their their wrinkles they were fine with their whatever it was the beauty industry would go out of business faster than the airline industry did after 
isn't that insane? Like after yeah. a freaking terrorist attack, the airline industry's obviously struggled, but the beauty industry would literally collapse if women weren't made to feel so insecure. And it's like, it's all that messaging, right? All the marketing that goes into it and all like the, yeah, let's make plus size 14 because that is actually average size, but we're going to make it plus size. So people have to feel bad or pay more, right? Sometimes plus size clothes can be more. And it's like, yeah, God, it's so messed up. You know, what's interesting is I've started thrifting more the last maybe like two years. And I notice I'll find a brand of jeans say that are labeled as like a size 10 and then i'll go and sometimes when i get home i'll try them on or i'll measure them and so typically a 10 corresponds to like a 30 waist size and Mm -hmm. they'll be you know that size 10 will be like a 34 or something so literally the sizes now are getting smaller and smaller and they're taking inches off and just making it smaller Oh, in comparison lovely. to what pants were like 10, 15, 20 years ago. I'm like, this is just making it way worse. Yeah, that's great. Like, thank you so much, fashion industry, for doing that. Because it right. makes total, total sense um, to do that. Like, it's it's crazy because clothes are made to fit us, not the other way around. But we feel bad about ourselves when something doesn't fit. And it's like, this was huge for me in my journey. Please, please get rid of the clothes that do not fit you anymore. Like keeping quote unquote goal, goal clothes, right? Or like, I'm going to get skinny, then I'll be able to fit into this is so damaging because all you're doing is setting yourself up to fail. And that's obviously going to make you feel bad. And I'm not saying you can't lose weight. It's just typically like that mindset is not helpful. And so if you can get rid of the clothes, donate them, right? Donate the clothes that don't fit you anymore. It's it it's like purging. Like it's such a nice relief. Uh, and so that's another thing I recommend is like get rid of the clothes that don't fit you, especially the clothes you've had. Like I and I still have some clothes from like freshman year of college. I'm like, what am I doing? One, this is out of style. And two, it doesn't fit anymore because it's actually biology for us to gain weight as we get older because our bodies get ready to child bear. Right. And so like that's why like 13, 14 year olds shouldn't be having children because their body, well, for lots of reasons, but especially because yeah. their bodies are not made yet to do that. Like we gain weight as we age to be ordered biologically to be or able to child rear, right? And so like, that's crazy that we then shame ourselves for gaining weight when it's like, even if you don't want to have kids, that's still what your body's going to do because it's biology. Plus bodies change over time as we age, our metabolism slows down. That's part of aging. Like you know, our skin gets less um, elastic, like it's part of aging, but we can't accept that because of the diet culture and fashion industries that beauty industry that's like, no, you're not allowed to age, especially for women, men are allowed to age, men are allowed to get gray. And we love it, right? We're like, Oh, he's a silver fox. But if a woman's gray, it's like, Oh, ew, what's wrong with you? Go dye your hair. You know, it's right. <laughs> right. It really is. And you can just look at like the older actors in Hollywood versus the older actresses like a lot of the older actors are still getting you know roles in like rom-com or romance type movies and once a woman hits like 35 or 40 they're just typecast into the motherly matronly type role for Mm -hmm. everything like it's harder for them to get serious roles they have to do all these crazy diets or maintenance and things to their hair and makeup and botox and all these different 
procedures. It's just such a double standard. It's such a double standard. And so it's, it's so important to recognize that when you start to heal your relationship with your body, you're going to be going against the messaging that you've been taught for years and that we're still shown, right? Like I said, I can't go on Instagram without getting a Noom ad, right? And so it's like annoying that we have to fight against it, but it doesn't mean you can't do it, right? Like edit your Instagram, realize that a lot of the messaging that we come stems from the patriarchy and a way to fight, you know, that I feel like a lot of people, especially I feel like our listeners are probably feminists, right? And so you're the way you fight against the patriarchy is by simply being okay with who you are and what you look like. And again, I like makeup. I like cute clothes. So it doesn't mean you have to give up all those things. It just means that like my makeup doesn't have to be because I, I hate myself if I don't wear it. You know what I mean? Like it can be because it's fun and it like enhances natural things. And so recognizing that a lot of the messaging stems from the patriarchy and it's years and years of conditioning, I think was like I said, powerful in my journey and hopefully can help you in yours too. And can we talk about how a couple years ago there was like a big resurgence of the popularity of the dad bod, which there's nothing wrong with that. Like Mm -hmm. guy body neutrality is just as important as anybody else's. But if we would have said that about women or like quote mom mom bod, people would have freaked the fuck out. Like, it, oh, that yeah. was just not, I don't know, so it's okay for guys to have extra weight on their stomach, but not women have to have washboard abs or Women who stomach. have like, babies, right, who push right. a human being have to, quote-unquote, bounce back right away, but dads are allowed to, and everyone's allowed to, right? That's another cool thing about body neutrality is that everyone could be allowed to if they give themselves permission, because society, I hope we change, but society's probably going to take a long time in order to give us, you know, quote unquote permission to be whatever size that we are. So we have to give ourselves that permission to show up no matter what. Right. And that doesn't, I I was actually reading something the other day about a new kind of wave of, um, you know, how there's a slogan, like just wear the damn bikini, like Mm -hmm. love it, but also wear what you're comfortable with. If you're more comfortable in a one piece or if you're more comfortable in like a dress at the beach, do that. The whole idea is don't let it distract you from your life, right? Like Mm -hmm. don't, don't say no to plans because you don't want to be seen in your body. Go in something that makes you comfortable, but still show up, right? Like we shouldn't let our bodies take away from our lives and uh, going kind of going back to like the that's the whole reason I decided to not make I mean not the whole reason because a lot of it is to like my own personal work but to not let myself get to what they call bridorexia where women feel like they have to lose weight in order to get married and I'm just like no like you already you can get married the way you look and you can also find a dress that helps you feel good about yourself in your body that you have when you go and try on the dress not in you know losing weight in 12 months whenever your wedding is right and so we if we can just show up for ourselves despite what we look like and show up in a way that makes us feel comfortable and feel doesn't it doesn't have to be feel our best right just again because that's kind of body body positivity right so more body neutrality is just show up in a way that makes you comfortable and that doesn't take you away from your life and doing things that you enjoy Mm -hmm, absolutely just to emphasize, like like you said, wearing what you like. Like if you want to wear mm-hmm. a crop top, wear a crop top. If you want to wear a turtleneck, wear a turtleneck. If as long as that's what feels 
good and comfy and stylish to you. Like everybody has their own style. And that's something that I'm still working on is trying to dress for my own body with my style and with clothes that actually fit me well, because I think I was really resistant for a long time to buying certain clothes because, you know, like the gold clothes, like you were saying, I'll be like, oh, I'll wear this, I'll buy this for summer and I'll wear it once I lose some weight. And then summer comes around and it still doesn't fit me right. And that's okay. I just need to find something else that fits me and my proportions a little bit better. And that stuff is out there. It's just a little bit harder to find. Sure. Sure. But, I don't know. That's definitely something that I am still struggling with is kind of finding my own personal style and for my body type as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that can definitely be hard because you have to spend money, right. In order to figure that mm-hmm. out or do, di- do different things to figure that out. And it can, you know, come with its own, like, thoughts right maybe sometimes negative thoughts too around like not being able to have the style dress maybe in a style that you think is cute but maybe it doesn't work for your body so I feel like yeah that can be challenging yet you're doing it anyways right you're trying to figure it out because you want and I don't want to speak for you but I imagine it's because you want to feel good in your body that you have now right not in this like when I lose weight I'll do x y and z or when I you know have my summer body or whatever it is as another whole idea behind body neutrality, like I was saying, is like just being able to show up for who you are in the body that you have today, not in the body that, you know, your goal body or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Just being able to show up for yourself. And that for me is a every, not every day, because I feel like it's more just my, my, my brain has been rewired because I've done so much body image work that it's not the first thing it goes to, but sometimes it does go there. And so I have to actively choose like, nope, I'm not going to let this distract me from today. I'm not going to change the way I eat or change the way I work out to lose weight for my wedding or for whatever it is, because I don't want to go back in the mindset that I once was in. And so choosing to show up for myself every day, no matter what, because like when I'm on my period, like I feel bloated and I feel gross right about my body but I still don't let that be the main focal point and I know this probably seemed like it's really hard um to get there to be like no that's not possible and I used to think that too I think that was something a pretty cool like after I had that bride bride shop experience is that I realized that oh my god you actually can get get there you actually can have a relationship with your body where you don't hate it and I never thought I could get there so you can too. Not to be all like um, inspirational uh, pre- preacher. What is it? Speaker? Yeah, like you, preachy. You can. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. be preachy because I know it's it's hard work. However, you can do it. Yeah, and it's definitely a process that I don't know if there's ever necessarily like a finish line for it because the totally. standards and the goalposts are always kind of changing. But something I wanted to mention was especially if you're – currently working out or wanting to get into working out, my suggestion would be just to find something that you enjoy and to create fun goals. You know, you're, for myself, my goals when I was starting to work out and go to the gym were like, I want to be this certain weight or I want to be this certain pant size. And then once I started working out, my pant size and my dress size did not change at all because 
even though maybe I was burning some fat, my, I was gaining a lot of muscle. Like my quads are huge because I cycle all the time and right. that's just the way it is. Right. Exactly. Like that's <laughs> just the way it is. So I actually might even be going up in pant sizes in some instances and that's okay. So like, I'm never going to realistically be a size six probably ever because I would have to completely change my diet and basically not eat in order for my body to get there. So just make your goals fun. Like I want to go to the gym three times a week or I want to get out and walk outside X amount of times or whatever. Like my goals currently, um, I want to be able to do a handstand and I want to be able to do an unassisted pull up because I feel like those are more related to like fun and strength and being able to do something my body wasn't able to do before, but it's not focused yeah. on the size. It's more just proving that my body can do these things if I practice at it and work hard. And like before I had no cardiovascular endurance at all. And a couple months ago I went hiking in southwestern texas at big bend national park and i went on like a three or four hour hike that had a thousand foot elevation gain and i was like there's no way i could ever ever do that before but i was able to do it because now i'm active and i've been able to nourish my body and kind of build up that strength so for me that was like an amazing feat that i was able to climb That's to awesome. the top of that mountain like a year or two before i wouldn't I was in Colorado a couple of years ago, like three years ago, I think. And for a girl's trip. No, it was actually, it was the second oh. time I saw you. It was the second time. Oh, that's time. funny. <laughs> but, uh, we went on like a tiny hike, probably 250 foot elevation change. I was like hyperventilating. I couldn't breathe. I could mm -hmm. barely walk. It, I was just miserable the whole time because I, didn't take care of my body. So those are the goals that I set for myself and just being able to do like functional things in my life that, you know, are fun and aren't necessarily tied to like weight or your dress size. Yeah. Aesthetic reasons. Right. And mm -hmm. Ashley, you were, you were, you've been able to set goals for yourself that are not about your body. And that's exactly what we're talking about here, right. Is being able to have goals that aren't about your body because it's, I feel like most of the time when people set their New Year's resolutions, it's about their body instead of being about like all the other things that they want to do. Like maybe they want to read more or they want to, you know, save up for a house or they want to, you know, meet new people. Like there's so much more to life than just focusing on like our size. And I know that may seem like it's easier said than done, but like I was saying before, you can get there and it's a process for sure. And like Ashley said, like, just like climbing that mountain like be able to do that like took hard work it also takes hard work to um heal our relationship with our bodies but if we want to one fight the patriarchy and two not have this continue to the next generation it's so important for us to look look at our relationships with our food and look at our relationships with our bodies and understand where it comes from and understand that okay i can work towards just being okay with my body, being neutral and being able to show up as the imperfect human that I am. That's pretty cool if we can do that. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely 
a work in progress for all of us. And I'm sure the conversation will even look different two or three years from now. I'm excited to be able to look back at this episode and see what's changed, hopefully in a positive direction. But yeah, I'm, I was going to say, I'm excited to like keep as my wedding gets closer because I'm, I'm six months away. I'm excited to see like if I can continue making, you know, the promise to myself to not make it about my body or especially as it gets closer and you think of like quote unquote crunch time. That's like, mm-hmm. oh, there's so many Facebook groups that I've seen that pop up or like shedding for the wedding or, you know, all these different types of things. And it's like, no, like, uh, I just wish that wasn't the focus for people when they're getting married. And I, again, I have compassion if that's where you're at. And it's not from a judgmental place. Um, but I'm excited to see as like, we get closer, if I can continue to keep that promise to myself, which is showing up and making my life and my wedding about everything but my body. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the thing is, like, there's always going to be another event. Obviously, right. your wedding is probably like, one of the biggest, if not the biggest day, but you know, there's always going to be another summer where you're wearing, yep. where you're going to the beach or the pool. There's always going to be another vacation, but <laughs> the goalpost is always moving. That right. we're always, you know, in the back of our minds telling ourselves you want to get fit for this certain event. And it's like, that's always going to be there. And think about how much more you can enjoy going to the beach if you aren't focused on what your body looks like and what you're wearing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can enjoy so much more of your life like you can they diet culture right promises you that if you just do this diet and you lose this weight you'll be happy but we know that's complete bullshit so you actually can reach happiness or reach contentment right because I think another piece of it with body neutrality is like you can just be content with your body and you can also be content with your life and strive for enjoyment or happiness or all those other um really good feelings without so much focus on your body Mm -hmm. absolutely definitely keep in mind too that this can be a really complex topic and make sure that if you have a therapist talk to them about it it might take a while to kind of break down why you might be feeling or thinking certain things about your body or the way that you eat I know it took both Emily and I obviously a long time took me years (laughs) yeah to get to the bottom lots of of therapy right and yeah if you are considering changing your diet or workout regimen in a drastic way absolutely talk to your medical doctor first because they'll be able to kind of give you insights on like, if this is too much, if you're doing too much, too fast, um, they can, especially like working with a dietitian too, you know, has been like the best thing I've ever done because she's like, yeah, it's okay. If you like have ice cream every day, I don't care. And Mm -hmm. that was so Mm -hmm. freeing for like an actual professional to tell me that I'm like, Oh, make sure. Yeah, make sure that you, the professional you're talking to is in a diet um, professional, I guess, because a lot of times medical doctors can be very like fat phobic and very focused on like thinness equals health. So just be careful about who you go to and it might take some time to find somebody, but I have a lot of people who have really poor experience with medical doctors. So it's just important to keep that in mind that don't be discouraged if you do go to somebody who is entranced with diet culture. Um 
it might take some time to find someone else, but there's so many anti-diet dietitians and nutritionists and, um, you know, holistic medical professionals that will help you can, and therapists, right? Body image therapists can, that can help you with your relationship with food and your body. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And you could definitely like Google these things, like, we found Brittany through Instagram, but she's an intuitive eating dietitian. So that's something you could certainly look for in Google is intuitive eating dietitian or nutritionist. A lot of gyms have a dietitian on staff that you can work with. And most of these folks will give you like a free 20 minute intro call. So you can talk to them and make sure they're a good fit before you fully commit. Yes. And we hope this episode was helpful and what no matter where you are in your journey, whether you're not there yet or you're just starting or you're in the middle or you're, you know, feel like you've been doing it for a long time. And like Ashley said, I don't think there is a end because we're always going to have a body, right? It's like the one constant thing in our lives. And so we might never come to a place and that's okay because you can choose to show up for yourself every day, no matter what. Um, and some days are going to be harder than others and that's okay. But you know, we can still make that choice. It's a choice. Remember that like it's, it's a choice um, to show up for yourself and to show up in a way that makes you feel comfortable. And so I'm sure we'll be talking about body image more on the podcast because it's something that both Ashley and I are passionate about. Um, But yeah, if you like this episode, please give us a rating and leave us a review. It really helps out the show. And we'd love if there was any body neutrality, um, I want to say influencers, but I feel like that's not the right word. But if anyone's out there who'd like, like to Like a come professional on, or expert yeah. or something like that. Yeah, we're even somebody who just like, you know, I listen to some podcasts where they're not necessarily experts, but they talk a lot about their um, own relationship with their bodies. And so if, you know, you want to come on the pod and talk about it, we're always down. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if you have any questions about, you know, more about body image or for myself, fitness and kind of figuring out your helping your body image that way definitely let us know and remember that you know Emily and I are still on our own personal journeys with it too this is just advice neither of us are perfect but we're working on it and so and neither of us and that's all you have to be perfect right Ash because that's not the goal right exactly it's a work what even is perfect like everybody's definition is different so it's literally it's one of those things where it's another social construct it's just bullshit good thing we're gonna have a perfectionist expert on next week so she can talk she can tell us all about um what the heck perfectionism is and that there is no such thing so definitely stay tuned for that and Love you, Ash. Love you, Em.